morning. Merry Christmas. We are reading this morning from Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So it's Christmas time, and uh, as the story is told, Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem, and they, this baby is born. Jesus is born to them. And it says that in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For in Bethlehem, the city of David, has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. This is a powerful moment for these shepherds. These shepherds are out in the field. They're doing their job. They're, they're third shifters. And the sky glows. And an angel speaks. And of course they're afraid. And after the angel speaks, all of a sudden there's a multitude of heavenly hosts. So there's one angel, all of a sudden there's, there's thousands of angels. And they sing this song, glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace with whom he is pleased. And then all of a sudden, it's over. And the night is dark. <laughs> it's got to be weird. Like there's all this happening, all this emotion, all this drama, and then it just stops. Now, In this life we live, Every one of us lives very everyday lives. I don't care how adventuresome you might think your life is. Life has an everyday quality to it. I've even heard like rock and roll stars talk about how the touring life gets old. New city every, you know, every week. Crowds cheering your name, that gets old, it becomes an everyday part of life. We all have this everydayness. We got to do laundry, we got to make meals, got to clean the house, got to go to work, got to mow the lawn. Life has this everyday quality to it. And for a lot of us, there's not a lot of time to think about is there a God? What's the purpose of my life? Who am I supposed to be? Am I living a life that pleases the God of heaven? For a lot of us, we work hard, we come home, we make dinner, we sit in our chair, turn a TV show on, and we fall asleep while the show plays. That's a, lot, that's a lot of our lives. But sometimes in the middle of this everydayness, God shows up. Maybe he just whispers your name. Maybe he screams it. I remember once I was driving to see Angie. I used to be called, I used to have a nickname before Billy took it. Um, I was called the Midnight Rider. 
Because I'd leave Chicago at like 11 p.m. after work. I'd drive all night to see my baby. <laughs> and I used to brag so much about how I, I, I can drive forever. I'd never get tired until one day. Like 7 in the morning, I'm driving 69. I'm almost to her exit. And I fall asleep in the car. I don't nod off. I don't like, you know how you fight, you, you do the, I didn't, I didn't nod off. I, I woke up driving a car. I, I, I'm like, oh, what's going on? And I'm behind us. The car is moving. I woke up because we were off the road in the middle of the house. I denied. The bumping woke me up. And I'm like, huh, what, huh? And, dude, it panic. And I, I panicked. I overcorrected. My tire, my wheel too fast, hit the lip of the highway, sent me into a spin. I go across all lanes of traffic, end up facing the wrong direction, go up on two tires, then come back down. Ba -ba Boom! Now, I was driving with Angie's sister at the time, bringing her home. As we go into the spin, I look over, and she's like, She's waking up. You're sleeping the whole time. She's waking up and hard. I'm like, we're gonna be okay. We just rah, just go on two tires and come down and we stop. Dude, there's no cars anywhere. I didn't know that until we. But we got out of the car. Her and I looking around. And I'm like, Lord God, thank you for saving me on this highway. Like I felt God's hand on us. I always used to say. Fat angels are the best angels. They protect your car when you're driving, you know. When you feel, that, that, that's, that's just, they're fast, they can take the hit, you know. When you bump into something, they're right there between you and the wall. Anyways, um, so, I don't think any sense, but it does to me. So, in that moment, I was acutely aware God protected me from myself. And sometimes you might have something happen, like, like, something happen in your life where you feel like God just showed up. Maybe you're going to court and you know you deserve, and the judge is merciful. And you're like, Lord, thank you for your mercy. You feel God. Maybe you're sick. And God shows up and takes some of it back. And you're like, the Lord heard my cry. What do you do when you feel God's tap on your shoulder? How do you respond when God whispers your name? How will these shepherds respond having encountered the word of God and the presence of God? Let's see how these shepherds respond. It happened when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. The night is dark again. The shepherds are going to say to one another, let us go to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. They're like, so it's all quiet they're like, that angel said the baby was born tonight and the baby is in a sheep trough at the town next door. Let's go check it out. You know what they decided to do? You know they responded to God's move? They said, let us go and see. Let's go check it out. I love this response. Many people, if God... I've seen it happen. I have been in the courtroom. I have seen God be merciful to someone. I've seen someone with a DUI, and God gives them mercy in the courtroom, and they leave the courthouse and go to the bar. God shows up. They're like, thanks, peace, and they just leave. 
They ignore it. They forget it. They walk away from that touch of God's power. These shepherds could be like, that was cool. How you doing, sheep? They could, they could just ignore the whole thing. But they're like, we got to see if this is true. They said this baby was born. Let's go find it. So they leave to find the baby. They want to check this evidence out for themselves. And they go to Bethlehem. Dude, they gotta, this, is, this is a group of, this is third shift shepherds. If I was at home, let's say, let's say it's tonight after a long, hard weekend. I'm at home in my jammy jams. I don't want to go nowhere. I just want to be home. Knock on the door, open it. And let's say the UAW 429s on my secret front yard. I'm not going to be public. What are you all doing in my house? Like, I don't have food. I don't. This, these shepherds go to find, and they find Mary and Joseph, and they find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They find the baby. They want to know, is it real? And they knock on doors. They ask questions, and it's stinking real. If you, imagine, they were told by an angel, baby born in a, in a sheep trough. They go and find the baby. You know what it does to your faith when you investigate it and find that it's real? It strengthens your faith. You're like, it's real. And if the baby part's real, if the baby's in the sheep trough, born tonight, maybe the rest is real. Maybe this baby is going to be the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Listen, if God taps your shoulder, if God whispers your name, if God shakes your life, go look for him. He, it, the Bible says, if you seek him, you will find him. Don't be content to go back to sleep. If the Lord wakes you up, wake up. These shepherds go and look. There's a story of this journalist named Lee Strobel. And Lee Strobel's wife becomes a Christian and it annoyed him to no end. So he's like, I'm going to use my journalistic talent to investigate Christ as I'm investigating a news story. I'm going to track down the sources to see if this is real. He wanted to find the evidence. And guess what? He wrote a book called The Case for Christ in the, in the end of all his investigative journaling. Guess what? He's like, I found evidence for Christ. I believe. If Christ touches your shoulder, if Christ whispers your name, respond by checking it out. When I first heard about Christ when I was 14 years old, I followed that kid home to his house. I followed him to his church. And I went there for years, sitting in the back going, what are these guys talking about? I, I, I didn't just ignore it. I'm like, I had seen the love of God incarnate in a human person. I wanted to know where it came from. So I was like putting my head in like, is this real? Go and see. Check it out. The shepherds go and see. They find Mary and Joseph and the baby. And then, verse 17, when they had seen this, when they see it's all true, you know what they do? They made known the statement which had been told them about this child. Like they show up in this barn, strangers. Joseph's like, what do you guys want? They're like, listen, we were doing our jobs. Creature in the sky glowing told us that baby was born right here in that manger. And he said, your kid's the savior of the world. Mary's like, that's what I was told too. Let him in. <laughs> like, and they come in. <laughs> And they start telling all the neighbors, like, guys, we're here because we saw an angel. They can't help but tell people of what they have seen. 
So first they go and see, is it real? Then they go and tell. When you hear about Jesus, you experience Jesus, you come to believe in Jesus, you know what happens? You can't help but share that with people. And you don't got to be a preacher or a pastor to do this. The greatest goer and teller I ever knew was a dude in the Thumb of Michigan. You know the dude. He was a upholsterer. You'd call him and say, my grandpa's chair has a hole in it. And he'd come to your house and he'd reupholster the chair at your house. He had made a good living because he was, it was a very unique skill, you know what I'm saying? He'd go and he'd upholster houses and he would go do these jobs and he'd come in and upholster your, and he's an old man, you know. And when he's done with his job, he'd say, listen, your job's done, here's your bill. Can I pray for your family? Any, any prayer needs your family has? That sim simple question he asked families would open up all kinds of doors for conversation. People might break down in tears sometimes. And he prayed for families in their home and for God's blessing upon their lives. And that guy probably shared Christ with more people than I have. He didn't need a degree. He didn't need a church. He just told people about the Jesus that changed his life. That simple act of faith. I, my, one of my mentors, Keith Flood, this old crazy guy down in Clarkston, gave him my first job ever. We drove in a truck and, and scrapped stuff for people. They'd call us, say, pick up my fridge, and we go pick up their fridge. I was the muscle, he was the driver. We'd go out to eat some, every day we'd go out to eat somewhere, and he'd always buy my lunch. Good man. And uh, <laughs> he's a real good man. Um, and he'd always act the waitress. We're going to pray for a meal. Can we pray for you? And I was amazed how often the waiter would just say things. Oh, man, my kid can't afford, you know, clothes for my kids. Oh, man, I'm working here, but it's not like it's just, they would share life stuff. And we just would cry at our table and he'd just pray for him. And I'm like, where does that boldness come from? He was, listen, he was not a brave man. He was just a godly man who wanted them to know, we're going to go to God for you. Go and tell. They went and they, they're going to go and see, they're going to go and tell, and then how do they respond to the goodness of Jesus? Verse 18, and all who heard it marveled at these things which were told them about the shepherds. So the, everyone that hears about this story of the angels, they're like, did you hear what these guys said? People come out of their house in the middle of the night? These dudes said they saw an angel, and it's all big news in the area, right? Everyone loves big news. Everyone loves, remember in high school when there'd be a fight? And everyone running the hallways, fight, fight, fight. Everyone loves to, you ever get a type of jam and like you wonder what's going on, you get close and it's like a, there's a car broke down, everyone stopped to look, woo. The whole traffic shut down for 30 minutes, dude, the worst. We love to gawk at the new. We love to, like, the news cycle in America. What hasn't happened in America, it'll be in the news for a week that it goes away, you know? New things are awesome. So everyone's coming to hear the shepherds talk. What's going on? What'd you see? That's so cool. But Mary is not just eating popcorn and listening to their story. Mary's doing something else. Listen to verse 19. But Mary, as she heard the words of the shepherd, but Mary was treasuring all these things, pondering them in her heart. You got to understand something about Mary. About a year ago, she was told you're going to have a baby. You've never known a man. You're going to have a miracle baby. And the baby you're going to have 
is going to change the world forever. And then there's nothing. I mean, by doubt, like, was I sleeping? Did I have a bad turnip? What, what, what was that? I don't know. There was turnips yesterday at the food pantry. I'm sorry. I don't know what Israelis eat in that time, okay? Was that bad hummus? What do they eat in Israel? I don't know. <laughs> I've never been there. Um, but she was like, what? It's been a year. I, I just had this kid. I'm away from home. I'm homeless. We're alone in this barn. This doesn't feel very world-changing to me. Then these shepherds show up saying, dude, God spoke to us and told us your kid is going to be the Savior. And she's like, that's what they told me too. And she sits there and she says, she takes these things and she treasures them up. That means she puts them deep inside of herself. This is the part of Christianity a lot of us don't do. We, we, we go seek Jesus. When we find Jesus, we get excited and tell people about Jesus. But a lot of us have to take the, take the time to take our love of Jesus and go past the feelings into our heart, past the true facts into, I believe this with my soul. How do you respond to Jesus? You got to ponder this stuff in your heart. You got to ponder this stuff in your heart. It has to go beyond feelings to the truth you truly believe. What is the true true, as they say? The hip kids say, I think. What's the true true? A lot of us run so fast, Jesus is on the surface of our stuff, easily wiped away. But when you take time to meditate, reflect, ponder, treasure, and take the truth of Christ, and you put it deep down, guess what? The deeper it goes, no one can touch it. It's safe from harm. The world can shake, and this thing doesn't. But here's the hard thing about treasuring and pondering. There's no shortcut for growing in Jesus. There's no shortcut to maturing. How does someone's faith grow? It takes consistent, day-by-day, day, abiding and resting in Christ. You can't shortcut it. That's, that's tough. It's anything worth having is hard. Good relationships are hard, aren't they? Require day by day talking, sharing. <laughs> this is hard stuff. To me, it is anyway. If you want to be healthy, got to make good decisions on what you eat every single day. It's awful. At Speedway, you're like, I want to be healthy, but the chili dog. It's just like, listen, gas station chili is so good, I don't know why. Just, grrr, I don't know why. But I know, and the thing is, you can't, if you want to be healthy, you can't be healthy one day and go, Lord, give me the abs. You know, that's not how it works. I ate turkey spaghetti. I'm healthy now. That's not how it goes you got to make the decision every day of your life. Make these small decisions. Following Christ requires this daily, intentional, consistent drawing near to Jesus. And over time, that time spent with him deepens your faith. Mary sits there and she reflects. She thinks about it because she... The angel told her, your son will change the world. The angel also told her that her heart was going to break. 
Because her son has to pay a price to save the world. She's got to watch her son die a horrific death. And she begins preparing for that even now. If you want to, if God in heaven comes down and taps you on the shoulder, seek him. Tell others. And spend time with him. Ponder him in your heart. Go to the deep places with him. Don't be content. You know what? You know, I used to love, I still love them. I love a good bonfire. Love a good bonfire. Especially in like the fall when it's cold. And I think you gotta kind of wear a, like you gotta wear a hoodie because it's so cold out and the fire gets going pretty good. And you're, you're cold outside, you're outside, you're cold, your hands get cold, your toes get cold. But you get close to the fire and the, the fire just pushes the cold away. So you had to turn a little bit, give them your sides, you know. Because the fire is like, a lot of us, we're out in the cold. And we feel a little bit of the warmth from God's love and warmth. And we're like, oh, that feels good. I'd love to come close to that fire. And we stay right where we are. We never do anything to draw near to that warmth, to that presence, to that power. We're content to stay and get a little tiny glimpse of that warmth. And we stay far from that bonfire. Stay close to that warmth requires a day-by-day spending time with Jesus. The last thing that happens is this. How do we respond when God speaks? How do we respond when God whispers our name? We've got to go find him. We've got to seek him. We've got to tell others about him. We need to ponder him in our heart. And lastly, verse 20, and the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. They leave. They leave Mary and Joseph head back to their jobs, back to their sheep, back to the field. On the way back, they're laughing, they're talking, they're singing, they're praising God. You know why? Worship is a response. If something good happens to me, you don't have to force me to share that joy with others. Something good happens, the good just flows out. I was uh, at the Dort Financial Center yesterday, and there was a bunch of big shots there. It was hilarious. I was sitting with some of these, these big local pastors of big churches, and the sheriff was there, Sheriff Swanson. And we get this argument about the best burger in the city of Flint. And Sheriff Swanson, Sheriff Swanson says, the best burger in the city of Flint. This is the sheriff. He should know better. He says, the best burger in the city of, city of Flint is at Starlight. Now listen, I love Starlight. I'm not dogging Starlight. Starlight is a Flint staple. My wife loves fried cauliflower. Starlight. I love their crazy pita wrap chicken thing. Fantastic. It's not the best burger in the city of Flint. Everyone knows the best burger in the city of Flint is Saki Bottom. We all know this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And here's the deal. The first time I ate that burger, I went to Tucky Bottom, I ordered a burger, it came, had an egg on the top of it, I took a bite of it, I was like, oh. I was like, well, that's a tasty burger. I, I got my truck driving home, I called Angie, babe, Soggy Bottom has good burger. Like, you gotta make me say that. That just, when something good happens, when something is wonderful and beautiful and good, you naturally give it praise. 
My dog's a good boy. So guess what? I tell people, my dog's a good boy. Because she's a good girl. She's a good girl. If, you, if, if you've got something in your life that's good, you share about the good thing, right? I don't know. I, I, I could have shared the kids or the wife, but I went with the dog. It happens. I don't want to embarrass the wife and kids anymore. So, if you experience God, if you experience God's goodness, if God is kind to you, guess what? That will flow out of you. If you experience the goodness of God, that will flow out of you. The praise of Him will flow. So I worked at the Dort Financial. We handed out food all day yesterday. Fed like 500 households. And sometimes people ask, why are you out here doing this? Why are you out here? Sometimes we're out there in the rain. We've been out there in the snow. We've done some nasty food giveaways in this city. Snow blowing and we're like a snow hurricane. Ah, here's your food. People ask, why are you out here doing this? And it's just like, you know what? We love you the way Jesus loved us. We can't help but share the joy we have in Christ with others. We praise him. So how will you respond from this good news of Jesus? It's Christmas. How will you? Listen, it's Christmas Day tomorrow. Some of you, this might be a hard year because maybe someone passed away. This is your first Christmas without them. That's a hard year. Maybe some of you, it's a hard time financially. You couldn't buy what you wanted to buy them because things are so tight at home. Maybe you have trauma from childhood and Christmas is a hard time of year for you. I don't know what you got. How will you respond to Christ at Christmas? I hope somewhere in your day tomorrow, no matter how much burden is on the holiday season, I hope you take time to open your word. Seek the face of Jesus. And when he shows himself, you give him praise for his goodness. This Christmas, simply seek Jesus. If you seek him, you will find him, and you will find that he is good. With that said, let us pray. Father, in heaven, so much for your word that is true. Lord, there's so many things in this room sitting here. There are joys and sorrows. There are hopes and fears. There are regrets. There are wins and failures. As we read of these shepherds' response to you, as we read of Mary's response to you, let us be challenged, let us be inspired to respond to you with curiosity, with boldness, with intentionality, and with praise. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. The Savior who is Christ the Lord, who has come to save us from our sins. We ask these things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody, and Merry Christmas. Yeah.